Today, we want to invite you to be a part of our Council of Moms. A while ago, I put out a call saying, hey, we talk about a lot of things. We do a lot of different series here on The Lisa Show. But what would you ask if you were here with us? You asked, and now it's our turn to answer. Here is The Council of Moms Answers Your Questions, Part 2. Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. Welcome to the Council of Moms on The Lisa Show. We love to gather around different moms from different backgrounds and points of view in order to really show not only a sense of of solidarity mm-hmm. in motherhood, which is definitely needed, but also some good ideas, a, a lot of good laughs <laughs> to know that we're not alone in all of this. And today I have a really great uh, guest on the Council of Moms, and I'll let her introduce herself. Uh, hello, I'm Whitney Call, and uh, I'm a, a writer and comedian and a mom. I love it. I know all of the things. <laughs> all of them. Uh, one thing that I appreciate about the council is just getting together with like these different ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have asked our listeners different questions over Facebook and Instagram and an email at thelisashow at byu.edu. And I just collect these questions because we do series, a series um on the Lisa show, like we just got done doing a series on self-care, which mm-hmm. is really great and just diving deep into it. Um, and if you haven't given it a listen, listen up because it'll change the way that you think about taking care of yourself, which is just paramount for moms mm-hmm. to do. But I collect these like different questions to understand what everybody's concerned about. And typically they're the same concerns that I have and that the friends that I talk to on a daily or weekly basis deal with as well. So I appreciate that. Now, this is a special episode in the sense that this is just one-on-one with me and Whitney. And we have different ages of kids. You've got littler kids. Mm -hmm. I've got older kids. But our perspective uh, about motherhood um, is is then naturally different. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of strength in that and those differences. So are you ready to answer some listener questions? Okay, let's do this. Um, This this first question that we have is quite serious. And that's why I wanted to be able to, uh, like, address it. And I'd love to know what your perspective is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, the question is, I'm parenting a mentally ill teen who Mm -hmm. seems to hate me. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have? Like I said, this is a serious question. But also, like, way to go, parent, who is just trying to get more resources and is is open about asking for help. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to—they definitely don't want other so people true. to know that they yeah. need help with that. Um, but I guarantee that, you know, hundreds of other moms listening right now need help with this, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. I'm just taking a pause because I really want to— I've thought about this question yeah, yeah, since yeah, I yeah. first got it. So I've had it for several weeks on in the back of my mind. And um, of my five children, I've had a few who have dealt with mental illness. And I have asked their permission if I can talk about it. And, mm. and they've said, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> for your mom friends? <laughs> that's what? a quote. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're really great about it. Um, 
mentally ill, I think, is the first thing to address. And then who hates me is the second Mm -hmm. part of that question, Mm -hmm. which is really difficult. So I want to address the first one of mentally ill. And there could be lots of different mental illnesses. I've had the opportunity to speak with a lot of um, psychologists, psychiatrists, researchers who are therapists, who are all very concerned about the state of, of our teenagers' mental health, especially after um, COVID. Yes. Uh, and the statistics are actually not really super great. No. And um, it's like one in five kids are struggling with mental illness. So this this affects most of our it's kids. very common. It's very common. Does that make us feel better as moms? I don't know. Maybe I, that it's common, that it's not just your kid. I, I mean, I think that we all boil it down to, well, what does that mean for my kid right. and my family? And I think for the purposes of this council of moms, I think that's the first thing that I would say is, is that share your struggles with those who are close to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that good, your own council of moms, like that trusted group of friends that you can share with because you will need that kind of like self-care. You need that kind of support as you're taking care of your teen. So I think that would be the first thing. The second thing that I would say too would be, that there are so many resources available to you because mm-hmm. the stigma is less and less. Mm-hmm. Have them go to a therapist. Absolutely. Talk to your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Have them have a team. Assemble your team yes. to help you. You can't do this on your own. Yeah. And then knowing that there are different diagnoses, you know, and with mental health, go from there. But make sure you have that good support system, I think, is the best advice that I ever got. And as far as the who hates me, Park goes. Mm. I will say that I even now, and I've been parenting for a long time, will still follow sort of like parenting blogs or <laughs> um, accounts and, and on Instagram and things like that that just remind me that in parenting teens, you can't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. And even though I know that and I tell myself that and I give that advice, it's still really hard when to you're take. In it. When you're in it and you're yeah. like, but I, what's hard for me is one day it's, oh, I love you so much, and this is so fun, and let's hang out all the time. And then it could be a few hours later or the next day. It's just, I don't want you to touch me or look at me right now. <laughs> and I and nothing for you has changed, but for them, you yep. really can't, and I'll say it again, you just can't take it personally. Yeah. Because they are developmentally appropriate in trying to test the boundaries yep. and test what you'll do and not, and... I think sometimes they're trying to test our love a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. you say this, but can I really trust you? Right. And um, as and I think that their hormones and their development and all has something to do with how they feel mm-hmm. <laughs> inside. Mm-hmm. And they might and are usually not aware of it as much. Yeah. And they're still trying to learn how to get enough sleep and the yeah. consequences of not eating right or drama with friends. Most of all of these things just create, a, I think, a perfect environment for like a tsunami of like, I don't know, yeah. and just frustration. So don't take it personally. Just keep showing love. <laughs> and it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever oh, have to goodness. do in your life. Yes. Well, I had one therapist who told me, um, all children speak in code. Like until their brains are fully developed, they speak in code. So when they are telling you something you can't necessarily just take it at face value because they are actually saying something else. And I think ever since that was told to me, it helped me, first of all, to not be so 
I guess just raw in the moment. Yeah. I have my <laughs> my best behaved child who is like, you know, just always wants to be the best in class and wants to be the best listener and all of that. He will just like point blank tell people, I like my dad a lot more than I like my mom. Oh my <laughs> and he just, it's not even like he's trying <laughs> to hurt me, but that makes it more hurtful <sighs> where he just will point blank say, I love my dad so much. I don't love my mom as much. And he has asked that he's like, mom, I want you to respect my body boundaries. I don't want to hug right now. I don't want to kiss right now. And then he will just cover my husband in kisses. And I just have to watch this happen right now. But if I'm just thinking like, okay, in the moment, like, he is speaking in code right now. Mm -hmm. What is he really saying? And I think what he is saying in a lot of those times is that I want to be listened to, that I'm not just always going to obey everything, that I'm mm -hmm. not just, you know, and I want people to know that I have a choice, that I don't always have to give hugs. I don't, and this is someone that I can just say that every time because I know she'll love me unconditionally yes, too. We've talked about mm -hmm. it so much. So I know that's that's definitely a younger person than a teenager, but I think it still um, definitely applies. I know when I was a teenager and just like working with any teenagers, there is so much going on, so much that, that I didn't even realize was going on, yeah. right? When it was happening to me and to just feel like uh, emotions shift so quickly yeah um that I feel like on top of that and that's just like a you know a quote-unquote average teenage brain right so on top of that to add like any sort of mental illness I think there are going to just be um lots of moments like you said where it's it isn't personal and then I think the tools come from can you have a place that you go to to feed yourself where you don't have to mirror emotions. Because I feel like anytime someone is in a bad mood in my house, that it's so hard not to be in a bad mood. It's so hard not to be like, why are you ruining this? Like, this was going to be a good day. And, you know, but to be able to have feelings like, oh my goodness, like you are going through such a hard time right now. And to, you know, be there whenever they want to talk and, and be able to just turn on that, um, that observation of like, I'm observing that these are things that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And if you want to come and talk to me, we can talk. But then also to just put the boundary right there and say like, and I can still have my day. I can still have places that I go to. That is so hard. It's so hard. As like, <laughs> it is so hard sometimes <laughs> in my, especially there are like very dominant personalities or, you know, even as spouses, we know this, like if your spouse is in a bad mood and it's like, I can still be happy. It's like, no, <laughs> you're, you're going to have a, a good crap day. day. Nope, nope, guess not. But honestly, you can. It takes a lot of practice, though. And so I think to just keep going back to that well of like, there is nothing wrong with my child and there is nothing wrong with me. And if I can keep saying that over and over and over, it can give me some perspective at least to then be like, okay, what do I need to do right now to be able to get in a good mindset? And then I move from there. It's just yeah. a little bit at a time, right? And having that support system with your friends really helps. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about when I was a teenager and I would just, I don't know, my mom was always so happy and like <laughs> even killed. And I remember moments where I was like, oh yeah, well, what about this? You and I would pop just it. ask her questions. Like I was trying to like trip her up and she'd say, well, I think this and da 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 da, da. And she would always answer my questions and uh -huh. stuff. And I just, 
I could never really like trip her up. I don't know what it is about that teenage brain that's just like, well, what do you think? I I do think that it has something to do with being a safe place for Mm -hmm, your kids, mm -hmm. for sure, where they can feel like that they can do that. I'm also thinking about extreme mental illness cases that some of my friends have. And and my heart really goes out to them of like mental health cases where their child is not safe in their own home and needs to go to to an, you know, an an, clinic or a hub, inpatient. Like that kind of mental illness where they need outside help is so stressful for a family. Yes. And 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 for a mom. And I have admired, I've watched actually about I have, I have three different friends who've who've been in have had to make that really difficult decision. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I really have admired all three of them because they did not what was comfortable, what was best yeah. interest for their kid and, and had the full picture of right. like, this is not just about this moment, but about your life. Right. Like, how can we get you safe and healthy? Yes. And keep you safe. And man, my heart goes out to to people because like I said, I've seen it up close and um, these are not easy things. And that's when your support system, yes. the team that you have helping you with yes. your teen and the one that's there just for you is more important, I think, than oh, ever. Yes. Don't you think? You'll have to make a lot of hard decisions when, mm-hmm. when it's for someone's safety. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I've been in many situations with loved ones who have mental illness or addiction or things like that where it's just like they, they really can't see. Yeah. The big picture. And you know mm-hmm. what? To be fair, neither can I. But yeah. with a whole team and, you know, and there's yeah. so many resources, right? There's just, I think many people just don't know where to start. And I think it's just, yeah, like what you said, talk to your doctor. Um, there are tons of resources, uh, like government resources, where they can help you find, you know, good insurance program or, you know, just different people who can point you to yes. those specialists. Yes. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. It doesn't have to be across Mm-mm. the country. It can it can be where you are. If you, uh, if you just start asking for help, there are plenty of people wanting to. And I, I, I would love it if, like, the Council of Moms, this is a place that, like, because it is an organization of, of women who are just concerned about helping to make the world a, yeah. a better place and stronger families and relationships and, and friendships could be, you know, an advocate for that. Yeah. Just, I really I appreciate you saying that and highlighting it. Okay, I've got another question. Are you ready? All right. This is kind of similar. I need parent collaboration. What Mm. time do you expect your teens to be in bed? Like lights out and in bed. Do you make this? This is has several parts to it. (laughs) Do you make them turn in their phone? If yes, when? Do you let them keep their phone until they go to bed and trust they will turn it in? If you go to bed early? I swear I did not write this, although I could. Do you stay up until they're in bed, and do you check up on them to make sure there's lights out? She is covering her bases. Yeah. That is my kind of mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then her last was like, like, what are the consequences? So yeah. basically, what are your rules for phones at <laughs> night? And I really do feel like this is a conversation happening all over the oh, world yeah. <laughs> yes. right now. So I'd love to get your take on it as a digital um, native, oh. because I am a digital immigrant. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like I'm maybe like slight immigrant. I mean, I I got okay. I got a smartphone in college, um, but I was able to like 
call people when I was 16. I wasn't able to text till college. It was much too expensive. Um, But it is, it's interesting because I feel like I'm in that place where it's, you know, those moms who are like, I would never do that before they're a mom. And you're like, oh, yes, you will. We we were all like that. Yes. (laughs) I I worry that I'm that mom right now with teenagers. Interesting. Okay, do tell. Well, I'm just... I am so technology averse. I think okay. as a millennial, and here's the thing, I think that your generation just didn't have a heads up. Oh, like, heavens no. It was just The flood was coming yes. and we didn't have time to build a boat. We so didn't then, even know it was going to rain. <laughs> we we millennials, I think, have like, you know, had our nieces and nephews grow mm-hmm. up with phones at a very young age. And granted, I might be in the minority here because I do, I do feel like I'm very like in a radical mindset for this. But to me, there is this feeling of like, okay, if I just like never give my kids a smartphone until their prefrontal cortex is developed and they can get it themselves, is that gonna is that gonna fix everything? I think it is coming from a place of fear though. Okay. Because I have all sorts of fears of like, are my kids going to be looking up pornography on their phone? Are they going to be like texting and bullying people from their phone? Are they going to be bullied on their phone? Are there all these different things that I can't control because it's just in there and there's so many apps that, you know, lock parents out or hide certain apps from you if you, you know, type in a passcode because your parents are going to see it versus you're going to see it. You know, there's all these things that I'm like, I know technologically, I will not be able to keep up with my kids. So the fearful part of me is like, well, then I just, I just turn it off. I would never let like them be alone anywhere with a phone. I would never, you know, these, these fears. But I talked to a very wise friend of mine who was like, the point is not to limit access to anything that scares you. The point is to teach your children how to handle themselves when they come up against it. Because guaranteed, they will come up against pornography. They will come up against bullying. They will come up against, you know, social media addiction and all these things. And 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 how how are they going to uh, manage that? So granted, like we can put those um, those boundaries in place and and hope that they will follow them. But in the meantime, it's more just being able to like have open. I guess I want to be honest with my kids about like what kinds of things I've observed in my own life when I'm looking at my phone all day and from other people. And if we can be able to have this open, like, hey, you spent too much time on your phone today. I totally get it. I do that all the time. How do you feel? How, like, I'm I'm not here to judge you, but I want to know, like, what are you learning from this experience? These are all very, like, aspirational things that I want to do. And <laughs> right. I can see in your mind that you're like, oh, you do, do you? No, I, I actually <laughs> agree. I think that... I tried, and again, in the middle of drowning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wait, this happened when? What? Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. wait, no, 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 no. To have very strict rules. Yeah. And a couple of things. I think it has to be age appropriate. Yes. So can you control their world when they're younger? Yeah, it's a lot easier. Yes. And it, when they're teenagers, it gets a little trickier. Yep. For lots of reasons, mostly developmentally because they are smart. Yes. They're very, very smart. (laughs) And they can work around anything that you do. All all kids can. Right. So I do think it's okay. And it goes to this idea that I feel like helping your kids to establish healthy habits is something that is worth your time and effort as a a mom. I really Mm -hmm. do think that. And so like bedtime, 
eating healthy, like I'm talking like basic things, all of that can be affected by your cell phone use at night. So I know the original question is, was like, well, what time and all that. I think it depends on your kid and their age, okay? And what time you have decided it's time to go to bed and things like that. One thing that has worked for my kids that may work for yours, it might not. I'm listening. (laughs) Is logic and reasoning. My kids want to know, well, why? Well, why? Just because you hate cell phones and you hate technology and you hate video games. And for a while, my answer when they were younger was like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't like it. (laughs) Like, let's just not do it. Right. Right? And they wanted it and wanted it. Um, and, And I could see... Because again, I was parenting at a different time, like as this technology was coming out, like kind of in the middle, right? Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, I've got, I can't send them out into the world saying, I hate this and this is stupid. Right. I have to send them out into the world knowing how to manage themselves. Right. Because it's everywhere. Yes. Right. There, it's not like, don't ever get on a computer ever. Right. Like that, <laughs> it's just not realistic, right? Yeah. So I, especially as my oldest's, oldest kids, you know, it was easier to control and say, okay, we only use the computer from this time to this time, or Mm -hmm. you will only get a cell phone, like when you're this age. I, my oldest didn't get a cell phone until I think he was 16. Mm -hmm. And then my second got one at 14, like, Mm -hmm. like younger. And then I was like, oh, nope. No, no, we're not doing... Oh, that was a mistake. I should have... Ha- and so now you, the next one, have to do it a little... <laughs> I kept changing my mind, which oh, drove, the kids, drove them crazy. But I said, <laughs> no, but this is how science works. Yeah. As more studies come out about your developing brains, I change my mind yeah. for your health. The, the thing that has not changed is me trying to do the best job that I can oh, I of guiding. Answer. And so I'll change my mind all the time yeah. as new. Um, and they kept saying, stop reading studies and articles. <laughs> I stop read an article. Sending, I read an article and that's their joke. <laughs> like, oh, mom read an article. We got a new technology. <laughs> Rule. And, but I was like, make fun all you want. But my parenting is science-based. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I that, that's kind of what I have chosen. And so what they liked, and who cares, right? Like what right. the reason is, as long as the outcome is health and happiness. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, there there are some things I don't want my kids to be exposed to, and I don't want them to be alone with their cell phone. And I, but I also don't want their sleep to get interrupted. Yes. So I. I really leaned hard into that of like, listen, it is proven you're not getting enough sleep. Your brain isn't developing. You're not getting a reset. This affects your emotions. This affects your mental health. This affects everything for the rest of your life as you're developing. And it's not healthy. So we're going to park the phone outside of your bedroom in the kitchen at nine o'clock at night. Yep. And that's what I have chosen for my family. Does that, do this, it sometimes go later than nine if we're staying up? Yes, of course. Life happens. Life happens. And I don't freak out about it, but I do thank my kids for parking their phones. Yeah. And when they don't, um, right now it's not a problem. It has been a problem in the past. And the consequence was if I can't trust you to manage yourself, I will manage. So yes. if I can't trust you to park your phone at 9 o'clock when I check, then I will get your phone yes. and I'll do it for you, which teenagers hate, oh, right? Yeah. Like, But like because I wanted the aim always to be, I'm trying to teach you this thing, so show me you know how to right. do it. And it is important. And I think part of 
part of that is not everything can be as important, right? Yes. Like if you make everything a 10 and important, Ooh, then they tune you out, right? Yes. And I do think that this like sort of cell phone use and especially tied to sleep yes, and self-monitoring, I just don't think that you make really great decisions when you're tired. Oh, totally. I there were don't. so many things I sent after 10 p.m. when I was in my early 20s that yeah, don't do it. Uh, if sleep you just it. collected nope. that of me, <laughs> I would seem like a crazy person. Oh, we got to get those. Let's do a show. <laughs> about that. <laughs> oh, so many like DTR texts or like emails to bosses of like, oh hey, my gosh. <laughs> like, sorry. And I, I love that you are so willing and open to share that because I will say that to my kids too of like, I like, I'm not like learning some new skill right. or or getting any great new information if I'm just scrolling in my bed oh, at yeah. night. Like, it's not great. So right. let's just all just use some self-control. <laughs> yep. And let's practice it together. Like, this isn't going to get easier as you get a, to be an adult. And I think that anytime you treat a teen, like, listen, I am helping you practice to be a great adult. Mm-hmm. I'm helping. These are things that I still struggle with. Right. That kind of vulnerability. But I, it is really hard. I do think, though, like, of all the things to pick your battles on, that, like, cell phones and bedtime is— Sleep. I oh, yeah. do think this is a battle that I would pick. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, kids, uh, teenagers, like you said, they're smart. So oh, if you yeah. if you pick a time that's not in the moment when you are denying mm-hmm. what they want, and you just have a conversation yeah. where you ask, like, why, why do you think? Yes. Why do you think I don't want you to have your cell phone in bed? They know the answer. Yeah. They've probably read those studies, too. At mm-hmm. this point, everyone knows those studies, right? Yeah. So if you turn the question around and say, why would, if you were a parent, or why do you mm-hmm. think I have this rule? Yeah, why am I making such a big deal about this one thing? Yeah. Why do you think, yeah. And not in any way of, like, trying to catch them, but genuinely genuinely interested of like like what do you think mm-hmm. and having a conversation like you said as adult to adult basically if it's in a moment that's not heated i think they will totally understand like oh that makes perfect sense and mm-hmm. then hopefully it translates into those heated moments when it is it is bedtime it is they are wanting to catch up on one more thing or you know right and i think that the conversation to have right after that of like why do you think and mm-hmm. let's walk through the logic of this is also something about trust because yeah. the other idea of this is is if i am exhausted and i need sleep for for me can i trust you to follow the house rules that we've agreed on yeah. and that's a different conversation and that's one that also requires vulnerability and like yeah. why is trust between you and i important why is that important right. what happens when that is is uh, broken. What mm-hmm. other consequences are? Where else will I not trust you or right. trust you right. with? What? How does that change our relationship? And right. having a real, honest, vulnerable conversation so that you can teach them about integrity, yeah. you know, and teach them about honesty and these values that that we want to instill in our kids. Yeah, you know, especially you know if we are teaching them about, um, you know, I always think, you know, as Christian people, you know, we're teaching our our kids about to walk the walk, right? To not right. just say that they're a Christian um, in in name only, right. but like, what does that actually mean to have integrity to be able to be a trustworthy person? Yeah. Or to try to treat your body that, you know, your heavenly parents gave you with like integrity and care. Like, what is that? Like, if we're really living these beliefs, what would it look like? Let's break down that application. Let's, exactly. And so then it's, I mean, I know <laughs> I can just hear the collective eye rolling from my kids. of like, how did we start talking roll. about faith when I just <laughs> want five more minutes with myself. Like, I get it. Yeah. But I am... 
<laughs> I can do it. It's my talent. It's my special mom talent <laughs> to get to the other side of it. But about, again, and I think that this works with teens better than anything, of making it apply to them mm-hmm. and what they care about. Yes, absolutely. Like, what does this have to do with you? Oh, you know? yeah. I loved talking about me when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Kids love to talk about themselves. It's the best. Well, and they're great, and we love them. We love them. Time for one more question. Let's do it. Let's just do oh it. Oh my goodness. Should we ju- I mean, should we just do it? Should we just do this it? This is crazy. Okay. Let's see. Let me give a, a softball one. <laughs> <laughs> Get pummeled by these first two. I love this one. I think this, I was surprised by this question and I think it's really sweet. It says, um, how can women who aren't moms for various reasons support you and your kids? <gasps> Isn't that a sweet question? Aww. I just think whoever wrote this is like, a wonderful person yes. just to even ask, like, how can I support you? Well, and plus, I feel like I am always, um, I'm always concerned about my friends who don't have kids. Like, am I alienating you? Yeah. Am I doing anything that makes it makes it look like um, I'm diminishing, yes. you know, your value and or your what you do? And, yeah. You know, like, we're both tired. Let's yes. just, yeah. let's just... Acknowledge we can both that. be tired we can and it's both okay. be tired. Yeah. But then to hear from the other side, how can I help you is sort of like, <laughs> I get a little teary-eyed. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. I love that. Um, honestly, I, I feel like from my friends who don't have kids, I feel the most supported just, just when they want to make time for me. Because I do feel like, Um, there's a difference in the busyness of, you know, moms versus people who don't have kids that um, I feel maybe sometimes like I'm maybe not important enough (laughs) to be on someone's, you know, schedule when they have like tons of these other things that really when I want to schedule something with a mom, it's like, well, I have to take these moments during the day because my children need this break at the park Mm -hmm. or we need to go to this softball game. So I'll be here, you know, but if you are in charge of your own schedule all the time, I sort of feel like, okay, well, I'm not ever going to ask to be a part of that schedule. <laughs> it's probably not worth your time, right? It's all of our insecurities, right? <laughs> Come into play as a friend. It is. And so when I when I do have friends who just, who will make time at that like random lunch hour that's not really lunch, but you know, you're busy at lunch, you know, or you had some, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, 2 p.m., let's go and hang out or something like that. To me, it at least makes me feel it feel makes me feel more human mm-hmm. because then I'm I'm with a friend and I'm not like um like like we had talked about before this idea of meeting up with moms during playdates is so great and it's it is very helpful to have a friend who totally understands why you're not making eye contact with them half the time because you're right. watching where your children are running mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand I think to have someone who just reminds you that you are a woman a person mm-hmm. who has all of these interests and they made time for you yeah I think it reminds me that I can make time for myself yeah. Um, and it is that kind of reaffirming feeling of like, I am a whole person. <laughs> and when I nourish those parts of myself, everyone benefits. Everyone benefits. Yeah. I think the best thing that any of my friends can do with kids or without mm-hmm. really is just showing an interest in my kid. 
Like oh, loving yes. people who love your kids, just like <sighs> independent no of you. Way to my heart, right? Yeah, are just special people who take an interest, um, who like go to their school play, mm-hmm. who ask them about their lives, and yes. I think. Sometimes we underestimate the value of that. Like you were saying earlier, my friends who don't have kids, I think earlier in my life, I would have been a little hesitant to involve them with my kids because I'd think, well, I don't want to rub it in their face that right, I have kids right, and you don't right. have kids and da 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 And because maybe they want to or maybe they're trying and is this going to be painful? And I just, I mean, I have since said, oh, that is so dumb and so ridiculous. <laughs> like, why would you... That that is a separate issue than the people that you choose to love. Like right. the more the merrier when right. you're choosing to like love someone. And so I feel like it diminishes your relationship if you limit that yes. for them. So I love it when my friends without kids will just get right in there yes. and be like, Well, how was school and what do you like to do? And yeah. are asking about my kids specifically, like independently of me. I, I feel like that shows such a an investment in a family yes. and, and things like that. And I always appreciate friends who don't feel like they have to censor themselves in front of me mm-hmm. because it gives me permission to be myself in front yes. of them. Yes. So if I can talk about my kids and they can talk about whether they want to have kids or not, yeah. you know, uh, I have a really dear friend who doesn't have any children and she's she's not going to. And she is so sweet to my kids and my kids love her. Ugh. And when she comes into town, they want to ask about her and they want to see yeah. her. And if I'm like going to dinner with her, they'll be like, well, isn't she coming over to see us too? And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. And as they've grown up, they just know her. Yeah. And um, she's just a special person in their lives because it's almost like to kids sometimes they interpret it like, you don't have to be friends with me. Right. Like, because you're my mom's friend and, right. and we don't have kids and so you don't have to be nice to me because you want me to be nice to your kid. Right. Like, there, you just There's are— There's this new level Yes, and it makes them feel so mature, like— Oh, adults think I'm cool too. Like yes. I'm a cool on a different level. Like you had those people growing up. Totally. Who, those adults, you know, I had a young woman leader who didn't have any kids and she was, oh gosh, in her late 30s, early 40s. And I was this 12-year-old girl and she would just like, you know, take me out for ice cream after young women and would just chat with me. And I just was like, wait, you don't have to spend more time with me. Like young women's is over. Yeah. We, you know, you did your duty. You did your job. <laughs> you magnified, you know, but it's like, oh, I'm worth spending time with, with someone who has it figured out, you know, because in my mind, like anyone over the age of 18 just has everything <laughs> figured out. Oh, that must have been really disappointing <laughs> once you got to be 19. I really was struggling. <laughs> well, and also with my friends, I like, do you ever find yourself sometimes like, like, talking down about your kids because you don't want to seem like the parent who's like unrealistically like, yeah, you're my like, kids are perfect. I, 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 no, I mean, I know they're flawed. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can name them. Okay. <laughs> Why don't I just talk about them with you? Come on. Should we talk about my kids' right flaws? Right now. Let's do it. So to have someone who just like unabashedly comes in and is like, oh my gosh, I love, your kid is just so fun. Man, that means the most, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that we can all do, and it's so funny that we limit it. You know, yeah. I collect a lot of these Council of Moms, and I try to get a wide range of people. I really do, and 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 I'm getting better at it, of like different people with different life experiences, uh, you know, different 
uh, families, mm-hmm. different mothering, uh, different socioeconomics, different races, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, different careers, different interests and hobbies. But something that always comes up with the Council of Moms that I think is so fascinating is everyone in some way or another will express their inadequacy as to speak on behalf of mothers. They uh. will just say like, well, this was my experience, but right. I don't want to. And that kind of carefulness, I think— is rooted in like a in a sweet humility of of recognizing that we're all different, so we have different needs, and 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 certainly so do our kids. But also, um, sometimes it makes me laugh a little bit because I just think, oh no, but we need what you have to yes. say. Like that's why I asked you on because I w- we need these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It does strengthen us. Like it does make us better together. Yes. It's not a competition. It's a support. Oh, yeah. And if we're all trying to be the same, then that is a recipe for insanity. Oh, yeah. I mean, just to drive us each other crazy oh, and yeah. further isolate us. But when we when we are a little bit more bold about like, well, this worked for me or I like this or, the, you know, um, it does give other women that permission as well. I, I find a lot of strength in that because by the end of the Council of Moms, by the end of these conversations, it's always just like this love fest, right? Like, we're Ugh. like, thank you for sharing that. It's never like, I can't believe you said that. Right. Like, that's never happened. Oh, I can imagine. So, um, so I just love it. Oh, well, thank you. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. The show is hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and is produced by McKay Menden, Becca Hurley, Tabitha Freitas, Michael Combs, Kaya Dibb, and Brooke Soldani. Music and post production was done by Sam Clausen and Josh Fouts. We're neck deep in the production of the next series of The Lisa Show about body image. In the meantime, make sure you go back and listen to our entire 11 part series on self care. And we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook to tell us what you want to hear us cover next. <laughs>